Thanks for watching today. Throughout the program, you'll notice this graphic. It's there so you know that we'd love to pray with you. You can give us a call or go online. Also, it's a great way to keep in touch with us. Feeling stressed out lately? Wishing there was more time in a day, a week, a year? Learn how to minimize your life and fill it with the joy of things that matter most in today's message, Breathe. Today, I want to talk to you about living purposefully, successfully in the 21st century. Right? And I want to give credit to my friend, Chris Hodges, Pastor Chris. Uh, I was listening to a message that he did and, and said, man, I just really need to take some of this and talk to our people about this. So uh, you, you may not realize this, but we just hear this again and again. People come up and they're just like, I, I, I am so stressed out, stressed out, stressed out, stressed out. Well, it isn't any wonder. Uh, on average, we are working per year an extra 181 hours over the previous generation. Right? So basically, you're working an extra month per year. Right? 80% of women with children feel like they are totally stressed out. 80%. All right? 70% of mothers say, I am sleep deprived. In between kids and that man, I don't get any rest. All right? <laughs> People are like, how do I cope with it all? You know, I've got, I've got, I've got work, I've got my marriage, I've got my kids, uh, you know, the kids' activities and all the sports and vacation and entertainment and then the pressure of, of all the bills and the finances. Uh, how, do I, how do I handle all this? And let me just say this up front. Unless we change our lifestyle, you know, we can talk to you about coping mechanisms, all right? But coping mechanisms will not work in the long run unless you change something about your life. The truth is this. We cannot fit everything in our life very often that we're trying to put in our life and have a joy-filled life. You can have a stress-filled life, but you can't have a joy-filled life if you've got too much in there. Now, when God, we all know, God created the heavens and the earth. He created, he created humanity. Listen, he created time. And God did not create time to be a curse. How many of you have ever thought this? I wish days had 36 hours. I wish there were 10 days in a week so I could get everything done. Right? Because, because to us, we don't have enough time. Right? Now, God did not give you time so that it would be a curse. He gave us time to be a blessing, right? And this is what God wants us to do. He wants us to look at our life and say, what are the important things in my life? Because you've got time to do the important things, the right things, right? But nobody has time to do everything. And if our life is too full, you will live a life with stress, with turmoil, with chasing after the wind, and it will be a joyless life, right? We've, we, we, we've got to get the important stuff done, and we've got to get that done first, right? Let me just say this. Everybody does unimportant things, but you can't do them first, you know? You've got to do those unimportant things after you have done the important things. You know, time management does this, and, and most of us have, well, many of us anyway, have been to time management seminars or, or read books on time management, and what it tries to tell you is this, this is how you can fit it all in, 
right? You can fit everything in and do this. Let me just say this. It won't all fit. You try to fit it all, and you're going to have a life full of tension and strife and anxiety and depression and worry. You can't sleep. There's going to be arguments. There's going to be fights. You're going to lose your temper, all right? We need to ask ourselves this. Is what I am doing today sustainable? If I just keep going the way that I'm going, all right, what's going to happen to my relationship with God? What's going to happen to my relationship with my spouse? with my kids? What's going to happen to my health if I just keep going the way that I'm going? We've got to literally take a look at our life. You see, you would say, well, I'm doing it all. Yeah, but is it sustainable? Can you keep doing it all? And if you do, what is it going to do to the important things in your life? Are you living at a sustainable pace? Job 9.25, my days go by faster than a runner. They fly away without my seeing even, listen, without my seeing even a little joy. You can try to fit it all in, but what's going to happen is you're going to have turmoil, you're going to have strife, you're going to have anxiety, and you're you're going to get it all in, but you're not going to have any joy. Not even a little joy. And, And a lot of us, that's where we're at. That's what we're living. We are running and going crazy, but we're not living a joy-filled life. We're living a life of stress, a life of turmoil, right? So why are we so busy? Well, uh, well, first of all, I think we just got too many choices. Uh, We're not living the life we want to live. We're living the life other people want us to live. We're doing what is expected of us instead of what is truly important. And then there's the other aspect of just Easy, easy credit. You, you, you probably know this, but, but uh, the, the number one thing that people fight about, excuse me, the number two thing people fight about is money. It's money. And, and the, you know, whatever you want, the, we've got this instant gratification society. I mean, we get mad at the microwave because it takes too long. All right? You want a new car, you want a vacation, whatever you want, wham! You know, get it right now. All right? And we literally, we believe the lie that you can have it all, right? And I understand, you know, on the internet, you, you, get, that, you get that smartphone. How many of you know you got everything right in front of you right now, right? And we tend to think, well, that with life, we can have it all. The average American family right now is living on 117% of what they make, right? You can do that for a while, but the day's going to come when it's going to produce nothing but strife and tension and turmoil, and stress inside your marriage. It's going to happen. You cannot just keep on doing that. Right? We believe we can do it all. We don't believe we have to choose A or B. We believe we can do A and B. Right? And be happy. And full of joy at the same time. Right? Let me just say this. There is a better life. In Deuteronomy, Moses said it like this. Days of heaven on earth. How many would like some of those? Days of heaven on earth, right? Where your life has joy, it has purpose, right? And it's not going in a hundred directions, right? It's not trying to, you're not trying to fill your life with what the world tells you is important, right? Now, the Bible says this in Psalms 129. It says that when God fashioned you in the womb, he said, before you were born, God had written in a book, listen, all the days appointed for you, right? Now, 
So, so God, in a book, he wrote down your life. And it's a life with purpose. It's a life with joy. Listen, it's not a life where you're addicted to substance for 10 years. It's not a life where you live depressed for a decade. Right? God has a plan for your life. Now, here's the deal. Just because God has a plan for your life doesn't mean you're going to live that life. Right? You, you can go your own way. You can go the way of the world, and you can try to fill that life with all sorts of things that the Bible tells you are going to bring toil, stress, and chasing after wind. In other words, you think, if I could just do this, my family's going to be better, my kids are going to be happy, my wife's going to be happy, I'm going to be somebody if I do this, if I do that. But you, you fill your life with all that stuff, and you think it's going to bring you joy, but it's not going to bring you joy. Right? You're going to be running in all sorts of directions, and like it says in Job, and I don't even have a little bit of joy. You've got turmoil, you've got stress, you've got tension, all right? So here's some, some uh, must-believe principles. Number one, listen, better is to have less of what does not matter and more of what does matter. It's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does matter. In other words, get rid of the non-essentials. Right? And, and here's what we, 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 our society tells us, that more is always better. Right? If one dollar is good, two dollars are. If one Krispy Kreme is good, ten Krispy Kremes are better. Right? If one car is good, two cars are better. Some of those things are essential. How many know some of them things aren't essential? Right? But we fill, we, we are constantly filling our life. All right? Ecclesiastes 4, better a handful with quietness than both hands full with turmoil and grasping for the wind. It's better to have less with peace, right? with quiet, with unity, with joy, with quietness than having two hands full, but it's toil. You're, you're constantly striving, constantly striving. I gotta do this, I gotta have more, gotta do more, gotta have more, gotta do more, gotta have more, gotta do more. And the Bible says this, it's grasping for the wind. You think, if I do that, well then I'm gonna be a good parent. My kids are gonna be happy, my spouse is gonna be happy. I'm gonna be somebody if I do that, if I have that. I'm gonna be somebody. And the Bible says it's like trying to get a handful of the wind. Because you think that's going to make your life great, it's not going to make your life great. Jesus said, beware, be careful, because your life does not consist in the abundance of the things you possess. And let me give you a little caveat on that. Nor the abundance of the things you do. Right? It's not important that you do a lot. It's important that you do the important things. That we keep the main thing, the main thing. That's what's important. It is better have one handful with quietness than both hands full together with toil, with stress. It's like grasping for the wind. You think it's going to make you somebody, it's going to make your family happy, but the truth is it's going to take you away from what's really important. Right? It's going to take you away from that life that God says has joy. Right? It's going to take you away from the kingdom. The kingdom of God, it's not meat and drink. It's righteousness, it's peace, 
and it is joy in the Holy Ghost. Look, when we're doing what we're supposed to do, we've got righteousness, we have peace. That turmoil is not there, right? And there is joy in your life. But if you're living this joy-lacking life, right, you are doing some of the wrong things. You know, somebody said it this way, an unexamined life is not worth living. And there's times we just got to look at our life and say, what am I doing that I shouldn't be doing? Right? We've got to make the main thing the main thing. So better a handful with quietness than both hands full with toil, strife, grasping for wind. See, what we really want, we want peace, we want tranquility. We want unity in our homes. Right? But if we're going in every direction, we're not going to have it. You've got to believe that one handful with quietness is better than two handfuls right, with toil and grasping for the wind. Right? Uh, what's important? Let me just say this. Number one, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Right? I, I'm going to tell you, the world will tell you the least important thing is the kingdom. But Jesus said it is the most important thing, right? So somebody calls up and says, hey, Sunday, let's go to the lake. And you say, right after church. Right? Right after church. You, you, you make the most important thing the most important thing, all right? And, and, and listen, sports are great, and I'm glad our kids get involved in sports. But if it's on Sunday, it's the wrong thing. It's the wrong thing. What you're teaching your children is there's something else that's more important than the kingdom. And I'm telling you right now, there is nothing more important than putting the kingdom of God first. Put it first. You know, I know the weather's going to be, I know the weather's going to be nice. And the beach is going to call. Go after church. All right? Go after church. All right? Uh, you know, there's just things that, yeah, g- golf. And by the way, I don't golf because it makes preachers cuss. <laughs> but it's the same thing with hunting, same thing with fishing, whatever it is that we enjoy doing. Those are all good things, but we got to put the kingdom first. We've got to put family first, right after the kingdom. You know, it's your marriage, it's your kids, it's your relationships, right? We got to put those things first. And we can get so busy that our relationship with God deteriorates, our relationship with our spouse deteriorates, our relationship with our kids begins to deteriorate. And and, and we're grasping for when we think, hey, if if I can do some of this or I can get some of that, it's going to make me happy. It's going to make my family successful. And it's not. One handful with quietness is better than two handfuls with toil and grasping for the wind, right? And that grasping for the wind, it it is a a phrase that Solomon uses again and again for thinking that something that is not going to bring you true peace, quietness, and purpose is going to make you somebody, right? He's saying, look, just get one handful, have some quietness. All that other stuff you think you need to do and you need to have, it's not going to make you happy. It's not going to fulfill you. It is a lie. In fact, the Bible calls it the deceitfulness of riches, right? That you think things are going to make you happy, going to bring you peace, going to give you purpose. It's a lie. It is a lie. Number two, better to live by design 
than default. Right? Better to live by design than default. Again, every one of us, you were created to run. You were created with a purpose. But you can't run in every direction. So the writer of Habakkuk said this. He said, write the vision, make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. In other words, you have a vision, you have a purpose for your life, you've prioritized things, and you run in the right direction. You're not running in every direction, you're running in the right direction. Hebrews 12.1, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us, and let us run. Let us run with endurance the race that's set before us. Right? Some of us are running like we're in a football game and we don't know where the touchdown line is. We're just running in, we're, we're running in circles. Right? You, you do realize someday you're going to hit the touchdown line. You are going to stand in front of Jesus. And you're going to give an account. Right? That, that, that's the touchdown line. Right? Now, is our life focused on that? Because it should be. It should be. All right? But are we going in a lot of directions? I thought it was interesting. It says, lay aside every weight and sin. Right? So a sin is like trying to run a race with a ball and chain on your leg. You're not going to get very far very fast. But a weight is like trying to run a race with a knapsack with 25, 30 pounds in it. Right? How many know it's going to slow you way down and keep you basically out of your race? Now, it talks about a weight. A weight is not a sin. A weight is something that's an okay thing that we take that should be number seven on our list and we make it number two or number one, right? And it keeps us from running the race that God has set before us. Remember, Psalms 39 says, before you were born, God wrote in a book about every day of your life. And let me just say some things here. In God's book, if you follow his plan, you will be great. You will have purpose and your life will make a difference for eternity if you follow God's plan. But the bad news is everybody else has got a plan for you and the devil and the world have a plan for you. And they will try to get you in every direction to keep you from fulfilling that plan that God has for you. Keep you from running your race with purpose. Right? It says where there's no vision, the people cast off restraint. And when you and I do not know what God wants us to accomplish, when we don't know what should be the main thing, we cast off restraint and we go in every direction nameable. Right? But what God wants us to do is he wants us to prioritize. He wants us to say, this is what's important. The kingdom's important. My marriage is important. My kids are important. My relationships are important. Right? Uh, all right. So we want to live by design and not by default. Third thing, it's better to get the right things done than to get more things done. It is better to get the right things done than to get more things done. Some people are busy like a mosquito instead of being busy like a bee. Right? The bee's getting the right thing done. The mosquito is not helping anything. All right? See, but that one handful, that one handful with quietness, with joy, right, with peace, with happiness, it is better. Godliness, the Bible says, with contentment is great gain. We brought nothing into the world. It is certain we can bring nothing out. If you all know, no, you've never been to a funeral with a U-Haul. 
Never happened, never will. Right? It's not the abundance of the things that you possess. It's not the abundance of the things that you do. It's making the right choices, doing the right thing, making the right thing your priority and following that through. Colossians 3, verse 2. Set your mind on things above and not on the things of this earth. You know, for, I don't know how it's happened, but in our society today, being overly busy is like a status symbol. How are you? Oh, I'm just swamped. I'm just, I'm just buried. Like, like that's some kind of a status symbol. It, it shouldn't be, all right? A fool is running in every direction, right? But a person who has an examined life is saying, this is what's important. I'm going to get those things done. It's better to do a few things that are the right things than to do a whole lot of things that are not the important things. All right, so take an inventory of your life. Right? An unexamined life will go in all sorts of directions. It, well, the Bible says you'll cast off restraint. You'll go in every direction. Right? So, so li- literally, where are we missing it? Right? Where are we focusing a lot of attention, giving a lot of time, where we shouldn't be that's keeping us from the things that are very, very important in our life? Ecclesiastes 7, verse 2 says, It's better to go to the house of mourning than the house of feasting. For death is the destiny or the end of every man, and the living should take it to heart. Now, one of the times when a lot of people actually take inventory of their life, assess their life, is when someone dies. This is talking about a funeral. He says, some people, they go to the house of feasting. How many of you have seen them? They, they're drunk. They're just, you know, and they don't examine anything, all right? They're just in that house of feasting. They're drinking. But it says when, there's a time when you need to look at your life because death is the destiny of every man. How many of you realize that death is kind of like 100% with humanity? If Jesus doesn't come back, every one of us, ultimately, your body's going to wear out. It's going to die, right? And then you're going to stand before God. We're going to give an account. So the Bible tells us, Psalms 90, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. I don't know how long you're going to live, but one day less than yesterday. One day less. One day less. It says, teach us to number our days. We need to have a heart of wisdom so we know to do the important things. Right? So we want to evaluate our life. Kind of like, you know, maybe you could, you could like kind of picture uh, the dashboard of a car with a bunch of dials. All right? And look, how am I doing with my marriage? How am I doing with my kids? Right? How am I doing with, with my, my private time? with God, right? Uh, how am I doing? But I, like one of my things I look at is, is how am I doing? I look monthly, how am I doing on my study time, all right? Not, not just my Bible time, but the other stuff that I study. Uh, I, I, I don't do very good at this one, but I do evaluate, all right? How am I doing with food? I always do good when Jeannie's there. It's when Jeannie's not there, all right? But, but, but how am I doing with, with food, with exercise, how am I doing with money? All right? And, and you might want to look at some areas of your life and then ask this question. You know, what should I eliminate? You, you, you could do it like this. My life would be better if. My marriage would be better if. My finances would be better if. My relationships would be better if. Right? And just write it down. Write that thing down. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Make sure we're doing the things that matter the most, all right? 
Jesus talking about prioritizing. He says, don't worry. What are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? He, says, he goes on, he says, but seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness. So here's kind of what, what, what matters. What matters? Here's how you can, here's the, here's the, the, the test question that I ask myself. Right? I say, will this matter in 100 years? Well, back, one of my grandkids, they fell, broke their, you know, broke, broke their knee open a little bit, and they come, scream, I picked up, I said, trust me, in 20 years, you will have forgot this ever happened. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of stuff that in 20 years, it's not going to make any difference. Not one bit of difference. But do you know what? The time I spend with Jeannie making her a priority is going to make a difference. The time I spend in the kingdom of God, worshiping God, being rich in good works, it's going to make a difference. It's going to make a difference 100 years from now. So, so look at your life and say, what things are going to make a difference 100 years from now? What things are not going to make a lick of difference 100 years from today? Right? Jesus summed it up like this. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and your neighbor as yourself. On these two laws hang all the law and the prophets. Jesus said, here's what's important. Love God. Put God first. Love people. Love people. He said, those are the things that are going to make a difference for eternity. Right? Your spouse, your kids, your family, your relationship, your relationship with God, those are the things that are going to matter for all of eternity. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that's hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has, and he buys the field. Here's what Jesus said, the kingdom of God, he said, it's worth all that you have. It's more valuable than all the stuff that you have, all the stuff you're going to do. He went and he sold all that he had to buy that field. He was saying, that eternal things, the things that are going to make a difference a hundred years from today, those are the important things. Your relationship with God, your relationship with people. Say, so if you've been watching today and there's just a hunger in your heart for God, but you know you're not right with God, you're away from the Lord, or you have no idea where you stand with God, and you say, I want to be forgiven, I want to be right with God, I want Jesus to be my Savior and my Lord. Would you please bow your head if that's you and just pray this prayer with me. Just say, oh God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. I believe he rose again. And I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I hold nothing back. I receive him as my Lord. And I thank you that I'm forgiven, that I'm a part of your family. On my way to heaven, in Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, we'd love to get you a free copy of his book, Your New Life. He wrote this book to help you continue on your journey to take the next steps in your walk with God. You can go to walkingbyfaith.tv and download it absolutely free. While online, you can purchase a copy of today's message, Breathe, in the WBF store. If this ministry is feeding you and blessing you spiritually, please consider becoming a partner with us. You can go to walkingbyfaith.tv slash give and click on the giving option that's right for you. Until next time, be blessed. Life gets busy, so having everything in one place is a big help. That's why we created the Walking by Faith app. 
bringing the ability to watch weekly programs, read devotionals, take notes, and give to your favorite mobile device. And with the added feature of offline listening, you can now take Walking by Faith with you wherever you go. The new Walking by Faith app.